Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in. Glad to see you on this Monday. It's the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you are with me after a weekend of dominance for Ole Miss baseball. Uh, they just own Auburn. They flat out own Auburn. I mean, honestly, as an athletic department, almost your basketball team has owned Auburn over the last, I don't know, decade plus. I mean, Ole Miss basketball just beats the brakes off of Auburn every time they play anymore. I mean, they just own Bruce Pearl. And now Mike Bianco's baseball team just owns Auburn as well. Ole Miss sweeps the Tigers over the weekend. We'll talk about that, of course. And if there's time, we'll get to the NIT thing. If there's time. Uh, I'm not going to make a sweeping judgment on an NIT loss. Uh, Everything's already out there. But we'll we'll get to that later. Anyway, welcome in, of course. Uh, Again, I am Michael Borky. Follow me on all the social media channels, if you like, at Michael Borky, wherever you can, uh, wherever you get your social media, you can find me there. Just search my name. It is there. Check out the stream in the mornings. Uh, it's 8, 8.15 or so every morning on those social channels and my YouTube page. Just search my name. Trying to build up an audience on YouTube. It is uh, not easy to do, so help me out. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Of course, also subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and a review. I uh, appreciate all of those very, very much. It is. Uh, it's always nice to see after a hard week or a long day of just trying to put out original content as much as possible um, to get a new review and uh, and see some feedback or, or get like a direct message from you guys. Um, it truly does mean a lot when, uh, when I get feedback, good and bad. If I get bad feedback, um, it means something because it means I need to get better. So any review or any feedback you got for me, I'd love to uh, love to hear it from you. Truly. I would. Um, thank you for making the show a part of your day. And also, the show is brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. We've got some bad weather uh, coming through the state this week. So let Greg and the people at LBs do do the cooking for you. Get one of their daily lunch specials Monday through Friday. Yeah, tomorrow, Tuesday, you're going to have, oh, it's a 100% chance of rain And then Thursday, there's a 100% chance of rain. But your weekend, guys, if you're in and around the Oxford area, uh, your baseball team's on the road, so you can set the TV up outside. Are are you ready for this forecast? Uh, I'm looking at Oxford right now for the weekend. 72 and sun on Friday, 79 and sun on Saturday, 66 and sun on Sunday. So, you got to get behind the grill this weekend. Put a TV outside, put your iPad outside, whatever you got to do. Put Kellum on the radio and enjoy a weekend behind the grill and get that started at LB's. Again, just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. The weather is going to be amazing for baseball. And speaking of amazing and baseball, your baseball team flat out freaking dominating Auburn over the last few years. But it was a little bit uncomfortable on Friday and Saturday. But an overarching thought from the weekend that I had, when you look at this team, what they did, sweeping Auburn, first of all, um, I had somebody in a group message complain that 
the, the first two games, they're like, yeah, yeah, they, they won the first two, but like they only won by run one run. Like it's not really that special. Now, now hold on. Auburn's not the best team they're going to play this year. <laughs> I, I mean, not even close. They've got, I mean, they've got Florida and Arkansas and Mississippi State in consecutive weeks. I do think they get a break with LSU at home, but they go to Florida, host Arkansas, go to Mississippi State in three straight weeks. Those are teams that are better than the one that you just hosted in Oxford this weekend. So, I mean, there is a little bit, a little bit of merit to that, I guess. Um, but wins are wins. And when you're in the SEC and you get three of them on a weekend, excuse my language here, earmuffs, I don't give a shit uh, at all um, how they come, as long as they do. Oh, Borky out of context there. I, I don't care. If you get three wins in an SEC weekend, you celebrate that. Because that doesn't come around very often, and that's really, really hard to do. So I don't care if there were one-run games. I don't care if there were ten-run games. I don't care if it was Auburn or Kentucky or Missouri. If you get three wins in an SEC weekend, there is it's only worth celebrating. In a year where 16 wins in the league might get you a national seed, that, that might be pushing it, but you're still hosting. Getting three in one weekend is a big, big Big deal. I don't care that this isn't the best team they're going to see all year. It's not the worst team they're going to see all year. I, I think, well, Alabama smoked Arkansas on Friday. That was bizarre. Uh, Alabama has a, a shot, actually, at being a team that they should be ranked this week in D1. Uh, they are not. I think South Carolina's worse than, than Auburn. I, I think Texas A&M and Auburn are, are quite similar. Uh, Georgia didn't look good this weekend. So long-winded way to say, if you get three wins in an SEC series, you celebrate it. I mean, there is no criticism to be had here, at least to me. I I mean, how can you criticize that? Yeah, it was a one-to-nothing game on Friday night, but but was it a win or was it not? Uh, Yes, it was a one-run game on Saturday. Did you win or did you not? And then you just gorilla balled the crap out of uh, a depleted Auburn pitching staff on Sunday. But, man, th- this is a, a great weekend. If you're one of those few dissenters, I don't think there's many, but a friend of mine is like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, Auburn's bad and they only won by one run. Like, the team's not as good as you think. That Like, that kind of stuff. Get out of here, man. When you sweep an SEC series, it, it, you can't criticize it. I'm sorry. You just you can't. Uh, you would just be splitting hairs. And on top of that, so after Sunday, we got some uh, some injury news. So Doug Nikhazy, um apparently feels really good through this week, um, felt no um, setbacks or anything from his, his chest injury. He is expected to be the starting pitcher on Saturday. Uh, well, I guess it would be Friday, right? Or am I making this up? I think it's a Friday. Yeah, Thursday through Saturday series in Tuscaloosa. So Doug Nikhazy, um will pitch Friday. So he'll be in game two. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that completely, completely threw me off. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the Thursday thing really messes with me. So Doug Nikhazy, long story short, Doug Nikhazy is back in the rotation for Ole Miss this weekend against Alabama. And on top of that, Max Trophy um, will throw this week. And if it goes well, uh, he will travel um, 
apparently there's optimism, uh, according to a uh, baseball expert that covers Ole Miss, Chase Parham. Um, there's optimism that he'll pitch this weekend. And so when you think about it, so I was listening to to Kellum actually um, cutting the grass yesterday after it went to 10 to nothing in the Sunday game. I just slapped on uh, tune-in radio and listened to the game that way while I was cutting the grass. And, and Kellum made a great point. When you're talking about this Ole Miss team, specifically this past weekend, um, in the pitching staff, you basically lost an ent- or, or haven't had an entire game's worth of pitchers. When you when you think about Doug Nikhazy and Max Trophy in the innings they give you in a weekend, that's basically an entire game. Now think about that. I, I had not thought about that at all. I mean, it was obviously a starter and a reliable one and an experienced one and a, an important bullpen piece, but I never thought about it that way. To where Ole Miss is literally missing an entire game's worth of innings or they were missing this past weekend, an entire game's worth of innings. I never thought about it like that. So that was an interesting perspective from DK, and uh, Ole Miss might get both of those pieces back uh, this weekend, which is a big, big, big deal. But looking at the game Friday night, um, you know, just a one to nothing game, you get that home run, that very, very important home run uh, from Calvin Harris, who uh, more on him here in a little bit, I think that Ole Miss on Saturday found their lineup that they need to go with for the rest of the season. But focusing on Friday, uh, how about Gunnar Hoagland? I mean, I can't say anything that is different than what you guys saw with your own two eyes. Gunnar Hoagland is going to be a top 10 pick, knock on wood, knock on wood, if he stays healthy. He's going to be a top 10 pick. And he showed you why on Friday night. Uh, just command uh, the fastball was creeping up into the mid 90s uh, also and it still feels like he could put a little more juice on it if he wanted to but so he's got the velocity I mean he was locating his pitch as well the breaking pitch is sharp um in that moment what was it the was it the seventh I'll pull up the play-by-play I probably should have had this ahead of time forgive me guys when um he had runners on second and third was it top eight or top seven? Yeah, it was um, It was top seven. So Auburn let off the inning with a double. Hoagland walked the next guy. There was a passed ball. So runners on second and third in a 0-0 game with nobody out. You guys remember this moment. I remember because, I mean, it, that, was, that was electric, watching Hoagland go to work after that. So he gives up a double, he walks a guy, throws a wild pitch, so second and third, scoreless game on a Friday night in the SEC in the top of the seventh inning. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. And, and credit to Bianco for not pulling the plug on Hoagland. I mean, that that takes some brass, man, uh, to watch that happen. And his pitch count wasn't that high, but still, it's the seventh inning. You know, Maybe you consider making a change because game's getting away from him a little bit. Uh, No shot. Bianco keeps him in the game, and he strikes out the side, and that was just pure electricity. Uh, That's top 10 pick type stuff right there. Uh, Just marbles, like Major League, you know? Marbles. That's what that was. Just just brass ones. Uh, That was electric on Friday night. And baseball, to me, is not an electric sport. And watching Hoagland do that in in a tie game in the top of the seventh, Second and third, nobody out. 
just to just stare down the next three batters and just, I mean, whew, that was, excuse my language again. I know this is supposed to be a family podcast, but it's also not regulated by the FCC. That was just badass. That's what that was. That was badass. And um, he showed you why he's a top 10 pick. That That's why, right there. And what a gamble, too. I mean, knock on again, knock on wood, he arrives healthy, but um, it paid off for him. I am one of those people that thinks that if you get a chance to play professionally for a significant amount of money, you should go because college will always be there. You can't go back to professional baseball. You can go back to college. College will always be there. And so if I were advising Hoagland when he got drafted in the uh, at the end of the first round in those whatever they are, the in-between picks, the in-between round picks, um, I'd have told him to go. Take your money now because you don't know if you'll ever be able to earn this kind of money again and go. And it's a good thing he didn't listen to me because this is going to pay off for him and good for him. So what a night. I mean, what else can you say other than just a flat out, unbelievably dominant pitching performance from a guy that is going to be a top 10 pick in Gunnar Hoagland. That's why Bianco is going to make that move permanent on Friday night. Had 13 strikeouts in the game, just gave up five hits, did have that one walk in the top of the seventh. Um, Just exceptional. And uh, Broadway came in and shut the door in the bottom of the ninth. And then Saturday. And that's the thing that also stood out to me this weekend for Ole Miss is they won three games in three different ways. So they scored one run, and it took a masterful pitching performance to win on Friday night. And then Saturday, they hit the ball pretty well. Uh, not great, but if you're scoring six runs on Saturday in the SEC, you're going to win a lot of games. Uh, Kevin Graham was really good. Gonzalez had a couple of hits. Um, and then you got a really nice pitching performance from Drew McDaniel. I mean, it was good enough. Five innings, two runs, struck out seven. It was good enough. Now you're concerned about the the runs that Austin Miller gave up. Um, Broadway came in and slammed the door again, but... Um, That was a nice win because bouncing back from Friday, not hitting the baseball very well to score six runs on Saturday in the SEC, um, just another really, really nice win for Ole Miss. Bullpen depth is something that I'm a little concerned about, but again, like we said a little while ago, this is a team that is losing a full game's worth of innings right now with important bullpen arms. So winning a game differently than the night before and then Sunday winning a game differently than the day before that in in a guerrilla ball effort. And I know they gave up 11 runs, but those 11 runs were given up in the eighth and ninth inning when, with all due respect, Ole Miss trotted out a couple of guys that um, aren't going to see significant innings this season and probably aren't ready to be pitching in the SEC just yet. I know that's uh, that's a little harsh, but that's just the truth. Like I had a buddy that texted me and said, "What? how the hell did they let that happen? Well, because they pitched guys that, that wouldn't have been pitching if the game was close. And uh, so I wouldn't worry about that too much, I guess is what I'm saying. When you look at well, the bullpen gave up 11 runs in two innings. Yeah, they did. But these are, again, these are guys that you're probably 
unlikely to see very much in conference play. Um, that's just me. But they mashed the baseball on Sunday. I mean, 16 hits, 19 runs. Uh, oh, shoot. I, I, I skipped it. Back to Saturday. This is the lineup that Ole Miss needs to go with for the rest of the year to me. Um, Kale Baker's injury, while unfortunate, I think it allowed for the light to be shined on this lineup right here. Um, I don't even know if I would move it around at all either, to tell you the truth. I think this is how it should look. Shatnay, Gonzalez, Graham, Elko, Dunhurst, Bench, Leatherwood, Harris, McCants. I think that's your lineup. And TJ McCants was especially electric um, on Sunday. He had a couple of hits, a big home run. That kid just got talent you know, from head to toe. He's an extremely talented kid. His upside is there. I think you go ahead and put him in the lineup. I think you you keep Harris at DH, and what you saw Saturday to me is the lineup. I think that's the lineup for this team. Shatnay, Gonzalez, Graham, Elko, Dunhurst, Bench, Leatherwood, Harris, McCants. That, to me, is the lineup that makes the most sense. It's the one that I am most confident in. Um, obviously, it worked out because they scored six runs on Saturday and 19 on Sunday. So I think the, I think the team kind of responded to it. But this lineup right here is one where I look at this team in that order, and I think that's that's a team that can win significant games with that lineup right there. That's the one that I am most confident in personally. And we'll see if it sticks moving forward. But I think they very much proved themselves uh, this weekend in that order, what you saw Saturday and Sunday, those are the guys, those are the bodies, those are the players that I want in the order, and I don't think I'd shuffle the order around much. I think McCants is too good to keep off the field at this point. Uh, you got to find a spot for him somewhere. Uh, you have to. You have to find a spot for him somewhere. Um, mm, I love it. I, uh, I I love the construction of that lineup. Elko had four hits on Sunday. He uh, continues to just respond after a really rough start that uh, that he had at the beginning of the season. Uh, you even had some fans, and I understand why. Certainly, I'm not I'm not knocking you guys uh, for um, for thinking that maybe it was time to bench him. But he has responded now. Uh, he's second the team in average at 342. I mean, what a response from his brutal start uh, to the season. Uh, right now, you've only got four guys uh, in your order that are – excuse me. Uh, you've got five guys that are at 300 or better. McCants has just not been uh, an everyday guy. But um, – McCants is at 303. You've got Graham leading the team in average at 384. Uh, Chatney and Elko both at 342, and Dunhurst at 321. And Gonzalez is just one point below 300. Um, that's your order. Even Harris, uh, that's that's your lineup to me. I think it's uh, it's glaringly obvious. So, really nice weekend. I mean, there, there's what more can be said other than just a really nice weekend. When you get a sweep in the SEC, it is worth celebrating regardless of who the opponent is. And Ole Miss is, is ahead of pace now uh, when it comes to position in conference and hosting regionals and all that stuff. Here's breaking news. More at 11. Um, 
couldn't have asked for better. <laughs> you could not have asked for better than this start to SEC play. And what a response, too. I mean, they get smoked by Louisiana Tech. They struggle to score runs, uh, especially on Sunday. But even Saturday was kind of dicey with Louisiana Monroe. And they bounce back and do this to Auburn. It's good stuff. That is really good stuff uh, from this team. In the midweek, they have Central Arkansas. That's tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, That's at 4 o'clock. That might take away some of our radio stations. That's unfortunate. Um, Oh, no, it's a 6.30 start. Cool. It's a 6.30 start. I don't know where I saw 4. Oh, because North Alabama the next week is at 4. That will take away some of our stations. Anyway. Uh, Central Arkansas in the midweek here on Tuesday night, and then Alabama on Thursday through Saturday. You get ESPNU on Thursday night. That'll be good. And then, uh, of course, Friday and Saturday in Tuscaloosa. It's an Alabama team that, again, a lot of people are calling for to be ranked, even though they only uh, took one of two from Arkansas. They smoked Arkansas on Friday and made the Hogs work for it. So it's not going to be an easy uh, situation there in Tuscaloosa. but. Yeah, it's right there for them. Speaking of rankings in D1, Ole Miss did not move. They are still number four. Vanderbilt jumped Arkansas to go to number one. Arkansas, of course, is two. Mississippi State can pitch the hell out of the baseball. I mean, they they have a great pitching staff. A little concerned about their bats um, as well. Like Saturday's win, they won three to nothing, but all three runs were due to LSU mistakes. They're not hitting the baseball very well right now, but they pitched the hell out of it. they're number three, Ole Miss four, Florida five, who, of course, is on Ole Miss's schedule. Ole Miss, so in the top five, Ole Miss plays all four teams that are not them in the top five. Got to love it. Other SEC teams ranked. Tennessee is at 12. They had a really good weekend this past weekend. Uh, LSU is at 22, and South Carolina crept up. Um, no, they didn't. They fell uh, to 25. I don't know why I thought that – anyway. Forgive me. So that's your SEC teams in the top 25. All right, basketball. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overanalyze the NIT. I, I, I'm not. Uh Schuler wasn't there, Buffin wasn't there. You got a glimpse into why people are a little bit concerned about this team. Uh, I had somebody ask me if Kermit Davis goes it was after the NIT loss. He he asked if Kermit Day is Kermit Davis on the hot seat going into this year. And I think that's a super hard no. I think I've talked about it before on this podcast, but no, it's no. He is not in a hot seat. However, I do think there should be pressure to get this right. I have talked about it before, the roster turnover, some mis-evaluations in recruiting. Um, This is an important, it's a key year. It is not a hot seat year. If it doesn't go well, I do not believe he gets fired. However, um, I think there is pressure on him to get this right because of the roster turnover, because of the disappointing year they just had. Um, It's a very important year. It's a pressure year that if it doesn't go well, we'll go into a hot seat year, if that makes sense. I think he's got two more regardless of what happens. Uh, But it is an important year. So if you were wondering that, um, I think that answer, it's just a hard no. No, he's not on any kind of hot seat right now. But with the way the team underachieved and now that the roster is going to look dramatically different, there should be pressure um, going into this coming basketball season. Because this year, while 
they went on a little run to end the season. Uh, this year was a dud, and it ended with a big thud, and a key role player is transferring out, and you lose Schuler, um, a veteran guard who was an all-SEC guard, uh, a really just good kid that represented your program really, really well. He's gone. And Romella White, who was probably the most skilled big you've had in a long, long time, uh, is also gone off this team. This this team is going to be dependent on transfers, which is okay. I mean, that's college basketball now. Um, everybody's got transfers for the most part. The portal is filled with hundreds of kids. Uh, but you've got to hit. You have got to hit on multiple transfers for this team to be good next year. The pressure's on. It's okay. You should apply pressure. You should have expectations that exceed having a team that was better than getting bounced in the first round of the NIT. Is it a hot seat year? No, it's not. Is it a things need to look good this year? Year? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Uh, and real quick, spring practice starts this week. I think it's tomorrow. I think it's Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Either way, an important thing for you guys to note, every Saturday, I love this, by the way, it's partially a recruiting thing, uh, but still, every Saturday, uh, spring practice will be open. Saturday morning, so you got to get there early. It's like 9.30. Uh, but spring practice will be open. So you can go watch your football team practice on Saturdays this spring, four consecutive Saturdays, I believe, starting this one. Um, so that's really cool. And I would go check it out if I were you. Uh, I, I used to, when I was in college, um, most of Houston Nuts practices, at least in tr uh, training camp, were open. And it, there's something about watching, being there watching practice. It's really cool. Um, I enjoy it. You don't learn anything, really, uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, you're not going to, oh, wow, that guy looks good. Well, it's a limited practice, you know. I, I mean, there are people that are going to write, you know, 12 takeaways or whatever from spring practice day one. And those are fine. I appreciate the content. I really do. I'm not going to knock people that create content. Uh, that's not me. If you're making content, I know how hard it is. Uh, I know people want that kind of stuff. Uh, so I appreciate it. Uh, you don't really learn anything from spring practices, though, as a casual observer. Point is. They're fun to go watch, and I would encourage you to do so if you haven't. Um, and Lane Kiffin did have a little fun uh, this weekend with uh, SEC officials again. So uh, he tweeted, there was a review in the Ole Miss-Auburn baseball game, and he tweeted a picture of it from his vantage point and said maybe they'll get it right this time. <laughs> oh, man. Um and by the way, I don't know when that facilities project announcement's coming. I still think it's going to be centered around the spring game, but uh, the word has always been that it'll come this spring. So that's exciting, and we'll be looking forward to that. I should have something with Ben Mintz here this week. Uh, I've got to reach out to him to make sure that he'd still be in. Um, so we'll have that for you this week. We'll have reaction to Thursday's baseball game against Alabama this week as well on the podcast. So be looking forward to that. And uh, I'll talk to you guys again soon. But great, great, great weekend for your baseball team. Nothing but good vibes after sweeping any SEC team, without a doubt. So enjoy that, uh, as you should. We'll have a reaction to Tuesday's baseball game on Wednesday's show. Again, hopefully I'm uh, going to record something with Ben Mintz this week. He's just the best. 
just a quality, quality person. Um, so if you're, I, I had somebody ask me recently, um, you know, like what I actually thought about Ben Mintz, like, do you, is he really a good dude? And, and oh yeah. Um, and what you see is what you get too. So if you're a Barstool fan and you're wondering about, you know, like the old Miss guy at Barstool, um, he's a good one. He's a really good dude. So hopefully we'll have him on this week and you can hear more from him as well. So y'all in, enjoy your week. Enjoy the win. We have great content coming for you uh, all week long on the radio show and otherwise. And until Wednesday, y'all have a great week. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.